Dakota King's podcast is PG for parental guidance. It contains mild course language, drug references, and mature themes. You'll find it raw, insightful, but very helpful. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and type in The Code of Kings, or go to our website, www.greenroom.net.au. Without further ado, here is this week's episode. This week on the Coda Kings podcast, we invited Benny. He's part of the Coda Kings group now, and he has an incredible story. Last couple episodes ago, he talked about Asperger's and how he has lived his life with that and what it is and what it isn't. This week, we're going to talk about adoption. And this is a pretty, I don't know, it is more relevant than you think these days, adoption. Yeah. I've met a fair few adopted people. I'm adopted. Yep. And you're adopted. Yep. And from our voices, say hello. Hey. Would you think that we are Asian? Just listening to your voice? Would you? Just close your eyes and just, who do you, do you see an Asian man talking right now? Hello. Is that me <laughs> you were looking for? I can see it in your eyes. No, you wouldn't picture us being adopted people just from the, the tone of our voices, right? But we are adopted. We're Korean guys. You're Korean. I'm a Korean. Yeah. That's awesome. So we're gonna kind of ask each other some questions. Ben, you're gonna like lead this through a bit. You can answer the questions that you've got as well for yourself about adoption. Yeah. So this is this episode's all about you know like getting to know what adoption is and what it isn't and. For those out there that have adopted friends or maybe adopted, this one's for you guys especially. Alright, what do you got Benny? Okay, so the first question is, how do you feel about being adopted? Mm, well, now I feel different to how I used to feel, I think. I felt different as a kid. How did you feel? Like, I'll put it back to you first. I had, um, I actually felt very weird being adopted because when I first arrived in Australia, um, I didn't, being a baby, I wouldn't remember much, so I thought I was actually born in Australia. It wasn't until about year four, mm. I found out I was adopted. Well, year four? No, year four, yeah, year four. Mm. Year four in school. Interesting, wow. So you didn't know you were adopted until you were in year four? Yeah. Wow, so did you, did you ever look at your mum and dad and go, something's different here, or? Well... I I actually did, but I didn't really think much about it. Yeah, okay, interesting. Yeah, I was about the same, I was about four years old. I started looking at myself in the mirror and looking at my mum and dad going, there's something different. My dad was white, so was my mum. So are your parents, right? Yeah. They looked nothing like me. And I think it didn't really bother me until I hit primary school. And I think kids innocently, but quite destructively point out differences like hey how come your mom doesn't look like you and I'm just like shut up I don't know like don't worry about it <laughs> how about you did, did people point that difference out at school uh, yeah they did they pointed out to me a lot and asked me like oh, how come you're not the like same colour as your parents Have, were you just incredibly sunburned as a kid or something no <laughs> what no <laughs> okay I've got a question for us is um what is adoption? What what what's the definition of adoption that you have? And then we can line it up with like some real one or uh, some proper ones. 
adoption for me, my definition of it is probably is a process that gives kids who whose parents who aren't able to have them and raise them, it sort of gives them new hopes. So through all the adoption processes, it, it gives them a new home mm. and it gives them a completely new life. Mm. That's really good. Yeah, I think adoption is exactly that as well. Um, Wikipedia, good old wiki, says like adoption in Australia deals with the adoption process in the various parts of Australia, yada yada yada, but it also talks about it acquires the permanent legal status of parenthood in relation to a child under the age of 18 in place of the child's birth and biological parents. So it's a pretty amazing process if you think about it. Like you said, two biological parents, um, they can't raise their child or there's situations that make it difficult for them. So they have the option of putting them, their child forth toward an agency which has um, a process then where parents are then screened and monitored to see if they fit this kind of measurement of are you a fit enough candidate to, to adopt a child. It, it's actually, it seems a lot harder, more expensive and more time potentially to adopt a child than it is to kind of have natural children sometimes for many people. I mean, to actually acquire a child through adoption requires how much money? Like thousands of dollars. Thousands. Like um, a, a parent who adopted a child recently and they said, we waited four years to five years. It cost us close to forty to $50,000. And they said we weren't guaranteed to have a healthy child and we weren't we didn't really you don't really pick or choose like we pretty much interrogated she said about how much you screen like you have like psychoanalytical tests done like seminars you've got to travel down and back to various places and the high standard to get adopted kid so i didn't know that but until honestly until i was in my 20s that my parents had to go through that process. It made me appreciate being adopted a lot more. Mm. How do you feel about that, knowing that, that your parents went through all that to get you and your sister? Uh, to be honest, I actually never knew the, how much my parents paid to get me. Because I honestly estimate somewhere around like maybe 800 or something because I felt like that's what I was worth at the time and being with like with different babies coming out they whether they're born with an illness whether they cost a bit more to like you know like sort out the problems and everything I actually didn't know how much it would cost to get me mm. so I didn't realize my parents really struggled to get me did they is that what you've heard or did you ask them about that well I have asked them and all they have told me is just we flew on a plane to come get you, and then when we came back, it was the happiest days of our lives. They mm -hmm. actually never told me how much, like, the process, like, really was hard to go through. Mm. And I think that's fine, because parents don't share all that. There's no need to share that information to a toddler or, like, a little kid. You little, you cost me. That it's always, like, this, it's more I look at the monetary amount and go, time money and effort and the heart it's all so much like that is just sacrifice that's just that number of money is just represents to me sacrifice and value and time 
I mean, I've seen adopted kids, and you go to an adoption group all the time and hang with them. There's something in the adoption parents' eyes that there's something special about adopting a child. You've gone through great lengths to get your child, and my, my parents couldn't have children naturally, so it was their answer to having a family. So they saw my sister and me as a, as a real big blessing. You know, like, it's really, really, really beautiful adoption if you think of it like that. But unfortunately, some people don't see it like that, do they? For a while, I thought adoption was tough. Because I thought about, you know, I'm not... My pa- I don't know my parents. I don't have a family. Do you know much about your past? That was my next question. Mm. My mum told me originally that I was left in a phone box in Korea and found by an agency. But that was... I, later, I was later to find that it wasn't true. I was born in a country town, and I don't mind talking about this because I share this in schools. Born in a country town, uh, my, my birth mother was a middle school educated lady. His mother passed away, she wasn't very educated. She looked after, she looked after her father and two brothers. My biological father was a guy from the city who delivered supplies out to the farm area, and they met one night, and he went on his way, he stayed over the night, went on his way, and nine months later, she gave birth to me, but she didn't know she was pregnant until she hit labor. This is what the adoption agency told me. So I don't know what the heck she thought was going on in her stomach that whole nine months. Like, what is going on? There's, there's a chicken in there? Like, I, and I ate the other day, like, ah, what is going on? Like, I don't know what she would have been thinking. <laughs> but. Needless to say, I'm a kid and have a mum, and she had middle school education, she didn't know really what was going on. Next door neighbour apparently delivered me in the bar floor. Yeah. Are you Jesus? <laughs> I'm serious, this is an honest question. Have you ever thought yourself to be related to the story of Jesus, like, at the first Christmas? After I heard that story sent to me by these people, I thought, I am the Asian dude, dude, Jesus. Like, I am Asian Jesus. Like, he was just born in the barn floor. And that, I don't oh, know. It's like, it is it's like that. <laughs> I don't know if I was sent here with a mission. but Did you did you say you were first born in a phone box? Is that what your parents told you? That's what my mum thought. So you could have been originally Doctor Who, and then you turned out to be Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Do you know much about your story? Um, I actually heard a bit about my story. So, I was born in Daegu, which is a fair bit away from Seoul. And I was actually born on the outskirts of Daegu in a place called Gumi, which is now the central business district. I believe my mum was 17 or something when she had me. Mm, So, of course, you didn't have like the skills to take like to look after me so I was handed in to Eastern Social Welfare and basically I was taken care of by my foster mum who I've actually met and then the day the par- my parents came picked me up and took me back to Australia mm. I actually had no idea what to feel even though I was a baby so how do you feel about your story, where you come from? I mean, your mum was young and it's a completely different world. You've been to Korea a lot, mm. a fair bit. 
Yeah, Korea has changed a lot over the years, but um, I think when my mum had me, I when I first found out all this, I felt awful because being young, like girls being young, they really don't want to really have a kid, especially at the age of 17 with like all the stress going on in their lives. And especially in Korea when you're trying to make a living, I felt absolutely terrible at first. But when I found out I was adopted, it was really hard for me to accept. But over time, I said, you know, I'm glad my foster mum, my mum actually handed me in to my foster family because it not only gave me a chance to have a new life and have a new family, but also meant my mum could continue with what she wanted to do. Mm. How do you feel knowing your birth family may be still out there? Uh, it's a really hard question because I, I can only just wish that if there's one thing I could really say to my birth parents, my, like, I'm assuming my dad doesn't know I exist. And my birth mother knows, and she will have to live with that birth to her life. You'd have to get that kind of thing. If there's one thing I'd say to her if I could, and that would just be thanks. I just would like her to know, and like my parents to know that, especially my mum to know that the choice she made for me to put me up for adoption was good. It's, I've ended up well, I've ended up wealthy in a wealthy country in Australia. Yes, and it wouldn't have happened without her choice. And thank you. That's what I'd say to her. That's what, that's what I wish. I wish them well, you know. Mm. I don't. I wouldn't ask why. Like, why did you do that? I, I don't know what was going on. But, but I, would, I know it just that decision would be tough. Mm. How about you? Yeah, I honestly, if I met my family, I would say thank you to them. And I would... I would actually, I'd run up to them and give them a big hug for all they did. Mm. And um, I would actually like to help my birth mother because what I was told apparently was her father w was really strict with mm. her. So in terms, in terms of the other question I was going to ask, um, which is how how far and would you risk anything to see your birth family again? I would risk seeing my birth family again, and I would actually risk going up against potentially my birth mum's father, because honestly, Korean tradition may be different from Australian yes history, but. It still doesn't. It still doesn't really matter. Like girls at that age, all around the world, they honestly don't need to be like. You know, they're not meant to like um, go through all this hard stuff, especially when having a kid at that young age. Like I would have felt awful if I was if I was still around there and seeing my. Uh, birth mother put up with her father and like him being very strict. I would feel absolutely horrible. That well, that's the culture back when I was born, at least. 
Um, the culture in Korea and a lot of Asian countries is this very, very family, a lot of family pride. So if you would do things like have a baby out of wedlock and in that traditional sense, then you would disgrace the family name. You know, if you didn't have a job, you you didn't earn a living or whatever, you'd be disgraced to the family name. And so I think with those factors in play, I can understand why these decisions were made. And um, it wouldn't have been easy for sure. I don't at all judge them poorly for that. I think I just assume the best of them. Try to anyway, yeah. Yeah. So um, the last question I have here. Um, do you ever wonder what life in Korea was like for you, and would you go back? Yeah. Um, I've wondered. I, I used to wonder as a kid what Korea was like, and as a kid, you can only really compare things with what you've experienced and what you've read. And I had great parents, Australian parents, who were always open about adoption. They were like, "Listen, you are adopted." And if you ever want to know more, we'll do whatever we can to support you in that. Even when my Australian parents split up, I, I still had support from them about my adoption. So I often thought, well, maybe I could have, I could have had a lesser life, a, better, a, lesser, a lesser life there, being from a country there, or I could have had a wealthier life, but I couldn't really tell so I didn't really think more thought about what could have been, you know, what kind of life I could have had over there. The more it just was fables, until I actually went over when I was later in my life and saw it for myself. I'm like, wow, these guys are pretty gifted. Like, there's a very hardworking culture, very entrepreneurial, very technolo technologically savvy. Very like big history of being poor and then becoming a wealthy nation. If you heard, look up Korean culture and look this up, though one of the only the, what this CEO told me this of Compassion, like which is a sponsor child, worldwide sponsor child kind of organization. He said to me, Korea is one of the only nations. I don't know why I'm saying like this. I can't decree it at all. Very ridiculous. Korea is one of the only nations to have been at one point the poorest of the poor, the bottom two, to be one of the top wealthiest countries in the world in its history. And it shows like its innovation and its hard work and all that stuff. They're very proud over their Koreans. And I often wondered, I'd like to ask you this question, like, yeah. have you ever heard of nature and nurture? Like if a, if a person is who they are because they were born that way, that's yeah. nature. Yeah. Or they were brought up that way, mm. and that's why they're the way they are. Yeah. Have you ever seen, like, in your life, the areas that you've been nurtured in? So, like, your parents have taught you this and that, and you can clearly see your parents' fingerprints on your life. Yeah. But have you also seen areas where it's totally, like, can't ex be explained? Mm. So, like, there's no one in my life that's told me to be, or taught me to be like this. Do you know areas like that? Do you have areas like that in your life? Um, I don't think I have much. For me, no one's creative in the Purcell family. Not really, like, there hasn't been many musicians or any 
by the creative musical people. So that's totally like that might be a nature thing, like that might be a genetic interest or something. Yeah. For me personally, um, I've been back to Korea three times already, and recently this year I went, and um, it's a quite a sad thing happened. We I go with a group and we basically go with all the adopted children back to Eastern Social Welfare where we were handed into that adoption agency. And I turn up there, all the kids are ready to see their foster families, and I was so excited. And then there was an announcement over the loudspeaker that said, two families weren't able to come in today. Straight up, it was my family, and then another family's um, foster family weren't able to come, but the two kids were fine with that because they never really had met their foster family. For me, I could not stop crying that day. Mm. It's very hard, especially when you only get a chance to go back every three years. It's not something that you can do daily. Mm. And for me, it was very. It's been very hard to get through because knowing that a three-year wait is basically, it's basically for me like watching, like a horse with a broken leg being put down. It's long and agonizing, but in stuff like it happens, and it's really unfortunate. But when I went back over there and took a look at all the other stuff. They keep their traditional temples and buildings, but they've also got now like big skyscrapers and everything mm. in like the rich cities. And they actually, we actually visited a school there. Of the school had thirty nine kids in total, but only twelve teachers. This was because it was a country school rather than out in the city. Mm. Most parents would be taking their kids to city schools. Those who don't have enough take them to a country school. But that's just our stories, right? There's yeah. just so many stories out there that we're yet to hear. People have been adopted as Australian citizens just to Australian parents. I've spoken at adoption conferences in New Zealand where there's a whole bunch of Russian students that were adopted sometimes from the age of six, like a lot older in life. And they, they're learning to speak English there's communication barriers straight away. So there are various degrees of, of adoption challenges. But the beautiful thing that I think we both have discovered in our sessions, Benny, is that adoption isn't a curse. I'm actually really pro-adoption. I don't know about you, but we've, we've really benefited from being adopted, right? Yeah. So this beautiful thing for all of us to remember is in, in Roman times, adoption uh, and it still applies today. If someone was adopted and they had a criminal record, they had something on their name that was somewhat illegal or somewhat uh, it was a bad reputation. Adoption involves changing their legal name and becoming like part of a new family, like you said. And their name is completely changed, so they get to inherit the new family's name but also inherit all that that new family has. Not because they were smart, not because they achieved lots, 
not because they were like talented or famous or could do anything, but because they were simply chosen by our family. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. You and I, and anybody who's listening to this, who has been adopted, you've been chosen. You were chosen. I was chosen. We were, we were bought with a price. With time, money, with, with research, with, with tears and fears of what, of what are we even get through. Are we even great, great enough candidates? They waited. They wanted us. And our names were changed. What was your name in Korean? You remember your name? My name was actually Sung J Kim. Oh, just yeah. my middle name. Yeah, awesome. Kim's a pretty common name. Yeah. My name was Yongdong Yu, which means Elvis Presley. No, I'm just joking. I don't know what it means. <laughs> but, um, Yongdong Yu. So, your name and my name has been changed. And your name is Benjamin. My name is Matt, and we have inherited everything that our surnames have. Mm. Not because we did anything, like I said, but because these people chose us. Mm. So whenever I feel ungrateful or I'm feeling down, one of the things I can do for my life and what you can do for your life is remember that we were chosen, that we could be over in Korea. And it might not be a better place. It might not have been a life that was as good as this one. But counting our blessings. Did you know that 99% of the time you poop, it'll come out as a log? Did you know 100% of Australians can't lick their elbows? You're trying right now, aren't you? I know you just I tried was. to lick your elbow, didn't you? <laughs> you can't, can you? If you lick your elbow and you send me a photo of it, I will give you money. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to the Coda Kings podcast. We really want to encourage you to share this online and personally to any friends, family members and students that you feel would benefit from it. If you go to our website, greenroom.net.au and click on the live tab, you'll see Code of Kings podcast. We want to hear your questions, suggest some topics for us to discuss, and give us your feedback about how it's helped you and your friends. Follow us on Instagram, at the Code of Kings, and hashtag us in your ventures of bravery, moments of discovery, and you'll see us posting helpful things up on there. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. We'll see you next time.